Hey guys, kia ora, whakalofala hiatu, and no mai huki mai ki toku podcast, Life Lessons with Leash. Before I get into today's episode, it is so, so important that I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where this podcast is recorded on the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to you, to your elders, past, present and emerging and I'm so, so grateful to now call Australia home. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Yo, if you haven't already clicked, my name is Leish and I am your host. I am a proud Nguyen Māori wahine toa. I am a mentor, a body confidence coach, and I help plus-size women learn to love and accept their beautiful plus-size bodies. This is something I am so, so passionate about because for years, for most of my life, I hated what I saw in the mirror. Now let's get into the episode, shall we? Let's get into it. Let's go. Hey guys, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. I am so excited for this week's podcast episode. I have a special guest on the podcast, my first guest for 2024, actually. Te Kahukura Boynton, aka Māori Millionaire. Welcome to the podcast, sis. No mai haramai. Kia ora, sis. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so excited to get into it. So Te Kahukura is a Māori money mentor and um, she's 20 years old, an entrepreneur from New Zealand. And I only say 20 years old because I am so impressed by that. Once I found you and the one thing that kind of stood out to me is firstly your name, um, the Māori millionaire. I was like, who is this lady? Like, I need to get to know her more. <laughs> Started looking at, you know, the content that you were producing, your podcasts, just the stuff that you really talk about. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am obsessed. Like, <laughs> absolutely obsessed with you, sis. And I have a list on my notes app and it's like, of all the podcast guests that I kind of want on. And I've had a money mentor or a money coach on there for a very long time. Um, but I really struggled to find someone who looks like me, like, you know, that representation, someone who looks like me, Māori, Pacific Islander, Polynesian, that's kind of in this space. So once I found you, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the universe, like aligning everything. And yeah, it just works so well. So I'm so excited for you to be on here, sis. And I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us how did Māori Millionaire come about? Well, thank you so much for your introduction. You are so kind. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. Um, for those that don't know me, kia ora. My name is Te Kahukura. Here tēnei no ngā te kahimanu ngā tūhoi te whakatohia hoki. Um, like you said, I'm 20 years old. Um, I started my business, Māori Millionaire, when I was 18 years old. So I dropped out of high school when I was 17. And I moved into uni and I basically had no money, no plans. I was just a reckless teenager um, who got upset with my school. And like just, I actually told my principal I said hey like I'm not coming back and I, then I went to the office and I said hey like I'm not coming back tomorrow and then they were like what are you up to and I went home that day and I was like to my mom mom like I quit school today um I signed out I'm gonna go to uni like I hate the school and everything just like being a, a crazy teenager that just wanted to do whatever I wanted to do and then I so I went to uni 
no plans at all with how I was going to pay my rent or anything, um, you know, as a normal silly teenager does. Um, and then I realized actually like this is becoming a really big problem because I can't even focus on uni anymore like I used to be like a really high achiever and now I can't even focus on uni because I'm always worried about money and so I started researching it more about why am I so broke and what can I do to get out of this position um and so I started with my own journey I saved an emergency fund I started my savings and then I was like actually so many people struggle with their finances this isn't a problem like just independent of myself um what can I do to help this and I was also in the middle of wanting to start my own business um because I knew that that was a, another way to start an income stream um so I started Māori Millionaire it took me eight whole months of producing free content for Fano. so I would um you know create vlogs about what I was doing with my money I would create um, you know story times about how I spent my money and I um, did all of this stuff and it took me a whole eight months of working for free I worked 20 hours a week on this business and I made no money absolutely nothing and so I kept on going though and that was my whole thing I was never give up never give up just keep going um, and so now it's been a little over two years since I started the business and now I'm full-time um, running the business I have a social media manager now so she comes in um part-time and she'll come into the office and I'm like cool I can have some work colleagues it's a bit boring by myself um mm -hmm. but yeah that's a little bit about what uh, my business is and how I got started oh my gosh I need to repeat like fucking impressive like very <laughs> impressive like well done sis um I know you're going to be helping so many uh women really see themselves in you as well and to be inspired by you. Um, so on this po podcast episode, I kind of want to talk to um, the people who maybe are starting out with their money journey to maybe a little bit of the intermediate and then people who are kind of more advanced that are looking at investing and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But I would love to just peel it all the way back and talk about what is money? Mm. Yeah, well, money really is just a trans like transferring value so you know back before colonization and things we didn't even use money as a means to trade things we would just trade real resources that we used like food or labor you know it was a bartering system like hey bro i'll um you know give you pumpkins from my pumpkin um crop if you give me um you know some meat from your farm you know it was oh. a very um, easy way to transfer things but um, what happened was during colonization we started being um, colonized on this idea of putia and of money and so we have this new way of being able to trade and now we use money more than we use any of those old bartering systems I still mm. love this old bartering system of being able to trade real things you know mm. and I still do this now as a um business owner actually I was at the gym and I talked to a personal trainer and and she was talking about her money situation I said hey why don't I give you a budgeting coach and you give me a a um, PT session um, and she was like that is such a cool idea and I was like yeah like why can't we do this like why can't I give you an hour of my time you give me an hour of your time we don't even have to exchange money here mm. um and she was so keen to do that because she had never gone over her budget and things. And so I was like, this is really cool. So I guess to answer your question, what is money? It's really just an exchange of value and being able to transfer that so that everyone can have what they need. 
Oh, absolutely. I love that. And that was exactly how it was explained to me. Well, not exactly, but, you know, a value exchange. And when I found that out, I was like, oh, yeah, like it makes sense, right? It was kind of, yeah, that really helped me um, to kind of work on my money beliefs and my money stuff. So you speak about the impact of, or you speak about colonization. Um, and that's another thing that, you know, when I started looking into your mahi, I was like, I love this because that was a part that I didn't really think about as well. So I would love for you to speak about the impact that colonization has had on generational wealth and with money. Yeah, well, put quite frankly, our biggest asset, which is our whenua, um, was stolen from us. And so what that meant was that that was a transfer of value, which was given to Pākehā with no um, exchange of value in return for us. So we our land was stolen from us, so our biggest asset was gone. And what that um, means is that Pākehā could use that asset to grow generational wealth for their offspring. And what that meant for Māori and um, was that we didn't have that um, mm. piece of wealth to transfer down the line. And so now what we look at it is, you know, 180, 200 years later, Māori don't have hūtia and predominantly um, or statistically Pākehā have more wealth than Māori have. And that's why the top 2% of our country own more than 50% of the wealth in the country. You know, these statistics are absolutely appalling, but they're not mm. surprising given the history that Aotearoa has faced and I think that's a really big issue that so many people don't talk about why mm. do economists um, you know talk about how poor people Māori take up so much um, space in the prison system and we use so much of um, you know the putia and for benefits yet it's not surprising given what we've been through as a mm. whole race and a whole culture so I really look at colonization as a very big cause to why we suffer today and why we are at the top of every negative statistic in this country that is the cause of it and I think that the only way to move on from this um, is to acknowledge that and use that to actually create new strategies and to create new plans because what this says is that Māori need a new plan what's happening right now clearly does not work and yeah. I think so many people don't understand that like the only reason half of our prisons are full with Māori is because the system quite clearly does not work mm, yeah absolutely thank you for that that is yeah that is a huge um, topic to quote it on so thank you for that um, I would love to know your, and I only say this because going through my money beliefs and my money journey, I realized it stemmed a lot from where I grew up and mm. how I was raised and how I saw money kind of as a kid and what was around me. So my background was, uh, grew up in the hood, we say it's the hood, mm. but like in state mm -hmm. housing, government housing, food grants, wins, all the things like that, right? So my money beliefs was there's never enough. There's never enough money. I don't have enough money. And I took that with me years and years. And it wasn't until I actually sat down and was like, wait, like, what's going on here? You know, and backtracking to what do I think of money? Oh, only white people have money. I don't have money. Mm. You know, I don't have enough money looking at it like, you know, to have money or rich is bad kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I'd love to know what were your money beliefs growing up and what are they now? 
Mm. No, that's a very, very good question. And I think it's quite relatable for a lot of people. So I grew up in um, similar circumstances from, you know, what you're saying. And as a young person, I quite often heard, you know, the kind of facado around work harder, you make more money. Or, um, you know, if you're poor because you're not working or mm. if you um, want more money, you need to work more hours. And so a lot of these things are around scarcity. So I guess what I think about my childhood and what I, you know, put down to being able to grow a wealth mindset from the scarcity mindset that I had when I was a child was down to the books that I was reading so as a child my mum would always encourage us to read books over like watching tv and we had like a rule like during the week we weren't allowed to watch tv like before school especially that was a big one she was like no what are you doing watching tv before school you should be reading books um and so we would always read books and my papa was a real estate investor and so he had a lot of rich dad poor dad like a lot of Robert Kiyosaki books and so I was eight years old when I read um rich dad poor dad and I was like a little kid like honestly should have been playing um with my Barbie dolls but I wasn't I was reading this book and so after reading this book I called my nan and I was like um nan what uh, are you making sure that your accounts are like maximizing compound interest like have you got this all sus now and she was like yeah Carrie, like you should be at school though like what are you up to um and so I've always kind of had this like really eager side of me when it comes to money and I always um had this like big question in my head it didn't make sense why did, why are some people rich and some people are poor mm-hmm. and when I was little I never understood that because it seems so unfair why do some kids go to school with no shoes on and some kids go to school with shoes on why do some kids mm-hmm. get lunch and some kids don't it didn't make sense to me um and then as I've grown and I've been able to read more books and more books now I have a very abundant mindset and I like to look at things and go um, think of solutions over problems so I remember when I was young and I actually think there's a big correlation between an abundance mindset um, and positive mental health and a scarcity mindset and negative mental health so when I was younger I often thought with like a victim mentality so I thought why did bad things happen to me why is you know this happening and then as I've been able to transform into having more of a wealth mindset now I think how can I create a solution for this problem how can I um, improve whatever's happening at the moment like yes problems occur that's inevitable and that's just normal everyone has these but we hold the power to be able to change these and in all these books that I read they say things like um rich people are rich because they buy assets poor people are poor because they buy liabilities that they think are assets and the old me used to think that the books were wrong. I used to think, it, I used to look at that and go, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. Like, we are struggling. Like, we just want mm. to, like, spend our money, things that make us feel good. And then I realized, like, no, stop blaming, you know, anyone else for my problems and start looking. What behaviors do I have that actually cause me to be in a negative financial position? Like, and I had to ask myself this question, how many of my own actions cause the problems I have today? And that was life-changing because a lot of my actions were causing the problems I had. But being able to own up to that and being able to go, actually, like, you're missing so much time of work because you vape and you get sore lungs and a sore chest. 
and then you keep on vaping mm. and then you're complaining about why you're not feeling well like you know that's just one example of mm. i was doing bad things they were causing bad results but then still it was someone else's fault apparently yeah. <laughs> so you know looking at ourselves and going what are the different things that i'm doing to make my life worse and then changing them um it's a long way around around yeah. the question but yeah I hope they help. No, I love that. Absolutely. And I was actually going to ask um, if you think that, you know, a poor mindset or um, you kind of talked about, you know, poor mental health, your mental health is in that mm. good. Um, but I want to know, do you believe that like a lack of self-belief, a lack of worthiness, a lack of confidence, et cetera, things like that, do you think that that correlates back to lack of money as well? Well, it's really interesting because I think these questions are very interesting because how it is and what I used to see in these books I'd read, I go, no, that doesn't make sense. That's not fair and that doesn't make sense. But I think it actually does. It does have an impact on how effective we are in our in our work. If you're feeling confident, you're able to negotiate more, you know, a higher paying role. If you feel like you aren't that important and you're not valuable in your workplace, you're never going to ask for a pay rise because you don't even think mm. that you're important. Um, and I think, so I think that there is a strong correlation between these two things. And I think that the important thing here is to start small and to go, you know, if you're, cause I remember back at the beginning, I didn't think I was important. I didn't think that, um, anything I had to provide was that significant. Like my mental health was down in the dumps totally. And I wasn't able to see that actually every single person in this world, no matter where you come from, no matter who you are has some type of value that you can provide. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you could be, you know, in and out of prison, whatever it is, a, you know, quote unquote, in terms of society, a bad person, you still have something you can provide mm -hmm. to the world. And I didn't understand that. Um, but now that I'm able to have confidence that, you know, I'm providing help to the world in a way that I can, I'm providing as much as I can do and that helped me to build my confidence it's helped me to earn more money it's helped me to do all these things so looking at my own life yep totally agree and then looking at statistics of other people in their own lives it also happens there I read a statistic that if you go to the gym three times a week you're statistically more likely to earn more money than someone who doesn't which is insane. What does going to the gym have to do with making money? That's what I thought when I read that. I was like, that's silly. Like, it's insane. But what it actually shows is that if you can go to the gym three times a week, you're able to be consistent. You're able to show up. You're able to not make excuses. You're able to push through hard things. You're able to have that mindset of, I deserve self-care. I deserve to look after myself. You're able to prioritize your time. And those are the things that help you to make more money. It's not got nothing to do with actually like lifting weights or anything, but it's about being able to push through hard things and then do them regardless. Um, and now I've actually started doing that. And I started my whole order journey last year where I started with just walking once a day, like five minutes. And I was naked. Like at the start, I'd walk 15 minutes. I'd go home and have a nap because I was so tired. And now I can go to the gym, go on a walk every day, and my brain actually craves hard things because I know I can do it. It's hard, but I can do it. Ooh, 
I love that so much, sis. Oh, you're speaking so much facts. I love that so much. Thank you. Um, you spoke about Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor mm -hmm. Dad. And I remember listening, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts and you talked about, you know, that that book was given to you. Um, and a similar thing with me, I was actually given the book. Um, I think I was an intermediate, actually. I was like third form. So 12 or 13. And my dad gave it to me and I thought he was crazy. I was <laughs> like, why is he giving me this big book that says Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Like, I just didn't get it and I didn't read it. And then yeah. it wasn't until I started my money journey um, and working on myself this was like six seven years ago now and I read it for the first time and I was like oh my gosh I wish I read this sooner and I always refer back to it as well I keep going back I've read it probably four or five times now because it's so freaking good um, but what are some money books that you recommend Oh, yes, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, definitely. Um, the Barefoot Investor is a great, like, beginner book to get started, like, talking about sinking funds and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek is a very, very good book. Love that book. And he talks about your why needing to be, like, superior to anything else. And so, like, if you look at um, McDonald's, oh, not McDonald's, um, sorry, Apple, the reason that they've been so successful is because they are different to any of the other tech, like technology brands because they provide a difference. And their whole like business branding is around being different to the status quo. And so that's why people work because they know that it looks different. It, you know, it feels different when you're playing on it. The apps look different. The camera is different. Everything is different. Um, and I really like that. Um yeah, start with why, rich dad, poor dad, barefoot investor. Honestly, I haven't read a bad money book. They are all mm. amazing. Like you go to your local bookstore, go to the money section. If you have like $10, like sometimes you can pick them up for $5 each. Just buy any of them. Like they all mm. have really good tips in all of them. Um, And even if you don't agree with them, read more and more because some books will say, you know, you want to have, you want to get so much debt and then that's how you're going to get rich and then other books will say you don't want debt at all debt is a bad thing they all say completely different things and the whole purpose of reading is you want to be able to read like a wide variety of topics and be able to make decisions for yourself and go okay mm -hmm. I've actually read 50 books about money and three of them said that debt is bad 10 of them said that debt can be used as leverage to build wealth like and you're able to make your own decisions based off of all of the research you've done. So I want to say mm. there's even any bad money books, like just read them all as many as you can. Nice. And so finances, I've found finances, religion, and politics are like three things that people say, don't talk about this. Don't talk about this with your peers. Uh, why do you think that money or finances is in there? I think that it's controversial and it's really difficult to talk about these things. You know, when we're talking about money, some people are making, I think the median wage for Maori households is like, or per individual is like $30,000 or something a year, which is insane. I don't know how you can live off $30,000 a year. But my point being is that we have some people earning 30K a year and then we have other Maori earning 150K a year. How are we supposed to talk about these things when it's not an even playing field and so many people are doing so amazing with their money? They have savings, they have investments, they um, you know, have a diversified portfolio. And then at the other end, we have people who can't pay their rent and can't feed their children. And so we're not able to have a discussion about it because 
it's so difficult to be have a level playing field and talk about these things but Mm. in saying that I would encourage people to have those discussions regardless because when you do that you can actually see actually I was assuming that this person was doing fantastic with their money but actually they're really not and Mm. I've had these discussions with some of my friends one of my friends I thought was like super rich and I just always made these assumptions about her because she would always spend heaps of money and she would always be on trips and she'd always be on holidays but I talked to her and we had open discussions about money and I realized she's actually not that rich like she's not as rich as I thought she was she Mm. has a big spending problem but she doesn't have many like much savings she doesn't have um many investments and so once we spoke about it I was able to go actually like I have more money than this person because I've saved it this person may seem like they have more money because they spend it all they don't actually but we weren't able to actually see that without talking about it and then for that person they were able to see wow I always thought that you were like kind of broke because you never went out you know you never spent your money you never um went on trips or I, I do sometimes go on trips but like I'm very mindful about where I spend my money and so she thought maybe I didn't have money and I thought she has heaps of money Mm. but we were completely wrong about both people and so I would really recommend anyone to have the hard conversation because you're able to learn so much and like what's the worst that could happen you get a bit jealous that someone has more money or you get a bit embarrassed that they think that you have less like who really cares Mm. (laughs) yeah and with my journey as well. So I, when I moved to Melbourne about six years ago, I was in so much debt. I was broke as fuck. Mm -hmm. I was in $60,000 worth of debt. And I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed Mm -hmm. and I was carrying, it was like, I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like, oh, everyone thinks I have money, but I don't have money, you know? And it wasn't until I started sharing that. I shared it with my partner and it was kind of like, he was just like, oh, wow. Like, It wasn't until I started facing it and sharing it and being with it that I was like, okay, how can I get this money down? How can I create solutions? How can I make more money? How can I, you know, and you get into that solutions mindset. So instead of, you know, being like ashamed of it or pushing it to the side, it's like face it head on, you know, share Mm -hmm. it with people. People are open for you to come to them and kind of share that and be vulnerable. Um, And it actually made me feel better. Like I was like, oh, like, so you don't think I'm such an idiot for getting myself in this (laughs) position? Um, So, yeah, I would, like you said, really recommend um, to share that. And then on the back of that as well, the job that I'm currently in, I just asked a guy that I work with, I asked him straight up, bro, how do you, how much do you get paid? Because I wanted to know if we were getting paid the same Um, and, you know, you know, your people, your, the people you work for don't want you to talk about that because Uh say he was getting more than me, I would then go and be like, Hey, this guy's getting paid more than me. Why am I not on the same wage? Like, give me more kind of thing. And, you know, talk about it. So we talked about that. And then I was like, well, while we're here, how much do you pay for your power? How much do you pay for your water? (laughs) And then we started sharing tips. Like I was like, oh, your, you know, your Wi-Fi bill is so much cheaper than mine. Who are you with? Like stuff like that. Um, and I so found that good. really helpful as well, right? Um, so yeah, it is so important. And I would recommend just having the talk, talk about it. It's really That's good. That's so true and so important. I remember actually there was this girl who started at one of these jobs I had once and she started on a higher rate than me, but I had already had two years of experience in that role. And so I was like, why is this new girl? Like she had absolutely no experience in the in the industry. 
Um, why is she getting paid more than me? And then I went and spoke to my boss and I was like, hey, like I just, I, I know that the, the new girl is getting paid $2.50 an hour more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want my rate to be higher than hers considering I've had more, I've got more experience. And then my boss said, oh my God, that was like a mistake. Like I didn't mean to do that. It was rectified that day and I ended up getting like a $5 pay rise because it had to be more than what the new girl nice. was getting paid. And I was like, well, just by having this conversation, um, I was able to do that, which, you know, $5 an hour if you're working 40 hours a week is a lot of money. Yeah. Nine. Don't ask me that because I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that too. I have no idea. It's just I a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I think it's $200. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we talked about, um, you know, some of our people or actually I was in this position when I was in New Zealand as well. I, I lived paycheck to paycheck. Um, and I just, you live paycheck to paycheck. Do you have this debt as well? And you kind of see no way out. It's like, oh, like, how do I get myself out of this position? I want to be in a better mm-hmm. space. So mm-hmm. what would some of your advice be to people who are listening right now? They're like, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I've still got debt that I need mm-hmm. to pay as well. I see no way out. I want to live my life and do all these things. What would you say to them? I would say that you can't budget your way out of poverty. So many people in the finance industry just say, oh, you just need to create a better budget. You just need to stop buying coffee and then you'll be able to solve your problems. I do not agree. I think that the best thing you can do to get started in your finance journey is to start making more money. If you have more money coming in, you have more money to allocate to different places. You have more money to pay off debt. You have more money to save your um, emergency fund. And, um, I just see it as like the best way to get started. Um, I think that it's not the only thing you can do because I've also seen um, many people, especially in our community, um, when we look at like Maori doctors, if we weren't taught how to be good with money when we were children, it doesn't matter if we start making 200 grand. If we don't know how to look after our money, that 200 grand disappears. So I'm not saying it is like a golden you know, cure for this, but I'm saying it's a great way to get started. But alongside increasing your income, I would also say that education is key. So reading those books, learning, like listening to podcasts, make it part of your daily routine. If you want to be financially successful, you are not going to get there by, you know, willy-nilly going, oh, you know, maybe once a month I'll read a page in this book. No, you have to do it every single day and you have have to learn these skills so that you can make better financial decisions um so i'd say work on increasing your income so many different ways i've got many podcasts about side hustles and how you can increase your income so many different things you could do online like captivate the online world use social media to your advantage what kind of business can you create that you know uses social media because it's an, a free marketing tool that's what it is so many people will say oh i don't want my face on the internet you don't have to have your face on the internet you can create a business online that does not have your face on it um so once you start increasing your income um actually alongside increasing your income you want to be leveling up your mindset investing any extra money you're making from here straight back into yourself into your mindset into um learning more going to courses going to seminars reading books hanging out with like-minded people um it it's a very holistic journey you can't just do one thing and expect Mm. it to life you have to have you know, multiple things going at the same time, increasing your income, increasing the amount of knowledge you have in your mind, um, reducing your expenses. That might even be something that you start doing. You know, is there an expense that you're 
you've got that you don't need to have. Um, like I used to vape and I knew that vaping was really bad for my health, but it was also, you know, an ongoing expense of $20 a week, which is $1,000 a year. That $1,000 could be spent on something far more useful. Um, so it's a, a holistic journey, but those are some of the things that I'd encourage to get started in this holiday. Nice. And your podcast is freaking incredible. I would highly recommend for everyone to go and listen to your podcast. Honestly, every episode, I'm like, this this girl is on fire. Like, <laughs> it's so good. So I would rec- recommend it 100%. I'd love to know, um, what do you think is the biggest waste of money? Oh, this is a tricky question because I think that I don't want to put anything in that category. I think that it's a waste of money if you believe it is because I see so many people who spend so much money on certain things. I'm like, why are you doing that? It doesn't make sense. But when you talk to them about why they're spending the money on that thing, they have really great answers. And here's the thing. I practice this model called value-based being. Does it provide me value? Yes, I can spend my money on it. Does it provide me value? No, that means I can't spend my money on it. So books, I spend so much money on books. Um, I would say the average book is about $30 a week. On average, I'd probably buy a book a week, um, which is a lot of money. You know, that's more than I was spending on vaping. So many people would say, oh, that's a waste of money. I would say no, because every single book, I learn how to make money from it. Um, I think I've estimated, I've got like $3,000 worth of books, but in my first year of business, I made $30,000, you know, in my business. So if you just use that as like a ratio, I bought most of those books in my first year of business. So I 10 x my income, you know, based on spending that much money on books, I was able to make that. And then in year two, you know, this doubles, triples and starts going up exponentially, but it only happens if you have that education there. So mm. I don't want to tell anyone that they're wasting money on anything. I would say, look at your values. Does it align with your values? If it is, you will know the things in your life that you're wasting money on. For me, it was vaping, takeaways, you know. Why was I stopping at a dairy to buy drinks almost every day? What purpose mm. did that provide? Absolutely nothing. So fill up your water bottle at home. You know, those are the things that I was wasting money on. But everyone has different things. And I I know, you know what you're wasting money on. Mm. Everyone does. Um, But that's up you know, that's for you to decide. Nice. I love that value-based spending. What's one thing you think that people get so wrong about money? Oh, I actually, I, I heard you say it um, earlier in this episode about um, rich people being bad. And I think this is a very common cordial in Fano Māori, um, and it's one that I've talked so, like, a lot with, about, uh, with my mum because she's of that very traditional mindset you know rich people are bad and um you know rich people don't spend their money for good things and what I've learned in my own journey is that when you have money you amplify what you were before money so if you're Maori and you're a giving person and you love to help people and say you're on the benefit and maybe every week you're you're buying something nice for someone else and you've only got $300 to budget worth or you know whatever it looks like as soon as you start making 300 grand a year, you know, a lot of those habits that you had at the start will still be there. So if you used to give $30 away a week, you know, that might, you might make enough money to start giving $100 away. You know, it it's about what are you before you have money? Because that's what 
gets bigger and bigger. So if you're a bad person before you have it, you're going to be a bad person. Mm-hmm. Money is not the thing we should be hating. Money is literally just a piece of paper. It is just an exchange of value. We shouldn't hate money, but it's about the wrong people having money. And if we want to balance this field, then we just need to make sure that more people in minority cultures or more people of you know with disabilities or from a diverse range of experiences has money we need to diversify where money in our community is and i think that will contribute to money being spent on better things so imagine if we had all maori and pacifica that were millionaires we are already kind people we already look after other people if we all had a million dollars our whole country would be a better place to be in but because people who aren't kind before they have money get money it's not shared um but that's nothing against money that's just about the people who have it yes I love that so much I actually had goosebumps because I was like (laughs) she's so right this is so right this is the truth right here honestly thank you so much um I get so excited to see like uh you know so many Maori millionaires I can just predict like you know 20 30 years down the track as because, you know, my business isn't the only business doing this. We've got so many of these, the hidden figures on, you know, Instagram. Yes. They post so much content about this. And I can just see, you know, in 10 years, we have so many Māori and Pacifica whānau who are doing better with their money. Then we've got this redistribution of wealth, which is this redistribution of values, because that's what you're able to do when you have money. Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to just create a better world for our babies to grow up on uh, in. Um, you know, and how many how many domestic violence callouts happen because of money stresses? Mm. How many marriages fail because of money stresses? You know, how many uninsured cars are driving on the road because they don't have enough money for insurance? You mm. know, these things contribute to bigger problems and bigger problems, and then we wonder why all these statistics say that we're bad people. Um, but yeah, I think that this is a great corridor to be having, and I think. We should be having more discussions like this, you know, more frequently. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, now, I asked a few people around me what they would ask if they had a money mentor in front of me. And here are the questions. So one was, what are you currently investing in? Awesome. So at the moment, I've taken a break from investing in the stock market, which is what I was initially doing. And now all of my money gets reinvested in my business. So at the moment, I'm working on growing my business to become a fully sustainable business that doesn't require me as much as it does at the moment. So at the moment, I've kind of created a full on job for myself where I have to work um, not quite, that depends on the week, but around 40 hours to keep this business running. I want to be mm. able to reduce how much the business relies on me by hiring more people so that I can um, spend my time more effectively. Like if I was able to spend, you know, 20 hours a week researching and learning about these things, how much more valuable could I be for my business and being able to create mm. better content? So I want to reduce how much the business needs me, um, but that requires an investment to be able to hire more people so I've got one person on my team I've got a goal to have five people in my team actually no I've got two people on my team sorry my podcast editor and my social media manager and I want to have five people in my team so that the business can operate you know because I always think like if I had a heart attack you know this business what's gonna happen no mm. podcast for you next week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's about like forward planning and succession planning so at the moment I'm investing in my business and allowing that to grow 
Nice. Love it. And what would some tips be? What would you give? What am I trying to say? What are some tips <laughs> you have? <laughs> what are some tips that you have to creating multiple streams of income? I would get my phone out and write on a note on your notes app. You write out a hundred different ideas. How can I create a new income stream? Go through the whole list and go, okay, that one's out of the list because it takes too much time. This one's out of the list because you need money to get it started. This one's out of the list. And you start culling your list down until you have like 15 on that list. And then what I want you to do is go through that list and go, okay, the first one, selling cupcakes. Figure out how much is it going to cost me to buy the cupcake material? How much can I sell the cupcakes for? How much profit can I make? How many cupcakes would I need to make a week to be able to make, say, an extra $500? And you do this for all of those, say, like 15 of them. And then you just find, like, the top three, and then it might be you might trial them. So um, I don't think cupcakes is very profitable, but let's just say cupcakes was the profitable one on that list. Trial mm -hmm. the cupcakes out for a month or so see how much money you make is it do you find that maybe you're messing up your kitchen too much and then you're you're spending too much time cleaning so it's not actually that profitable so try things out um and then see what works best for you but I really like this list of creating a long list 100 mm. ideas because it starts you become very creative you're like um and one of my friends did this. So we chat quite frequently about how we're becoming millionaires. And we chat all the time. Like, and so she messaged me the other day and she was like, sis, I made 16 grand this month. And I was like, go you. And it was only like three months ago um, before she sent me that message that we were writing out this list of 100 ways we could boost our business income. Like mm -hmm. it happens very quickly, this transformation in income. So um, yeah, that's something that I would really recommend, writing out the list. Nice. I love that. What's the best mistake you made when it comes to money? Oh, when I was in high school, I actually, but so this was before I dropped out of high school and before, uh, and before I went to uni with no money, I actually had an emergency fund. I had $3,000 sitting in an emergency fund when I was about 16, 17. So from part-time jobs I had had, I had saved up $3,000. I was so proud of myself and I was so happy and I thought, oh, when I go to uni one day, um, I'm going to have this emergency fund. And then I had a big mental health crisis and I thought, mm. I don't even want to be alive, like, you know, in a year's time. So I don't need this money. So I spent it all. I spent all of it, every single last cent. Um, and that right there is a problem in my mental health and not being able to manage that correctly to be able to ensure that my finances weren't messed with. Mm. But that's something that consistently along my journey, I've realized because that's not the only time when my mental health has affected my finances. Um, mm. And what it taught me was that your mental health needs to be prioritized and you need to figure out strategies to overcoming it. Um, and money can't be that because, you know, so many times I thought, oh, it's just a terrible day today. I just want to go shopping because that'll make it better. It doesn't make it better, really. Mm. It just makes you feel good in the day. But then the next day you're broke. So you're like, oh, whoop de doo So, you know, creating <laughs> solutions, <laughs> solutions that do not involve money. So now my solutions are going for a walk. That's free. Going to the gym. Only costs mm. $20 a week. Um going for a swim in a lake you know free free things mm. that I can do that help my mental health that don't involve spending my whole emergency fund um but then also understanding that every mistake you have is recoverable you know my life didn't end when I stole oh when I stole when I spent my 
<laughs> when I spent my emergency fund, you know, I regrew one. I've made a new mm-hmm. one. Like your life doesn't end when you make financial mistakes. So um, I want to normalize that, you know, people, finance content creators make mistakes too. I make mm-hmm. mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Don't beat yourself up. What's some easy budgeting advice for someone who sucks at budgeting? Oh, I literally, it all comes back to the phone. So on my notes app, I have one which has income and expenses. So you have your list of income. So it might be, you know, your job and maybe your side hustle. Um, then put your total there and then you go into the expenses category. Write out the whole list of things. And I would recommend having it split into three different columns. So the first one are your regular expenses that come up. So your power bill, your um, your rent, you know what, even if they fluctuated, but you know roughly what they are going to be every single month or week. Mm. Um, you write that down. And then in the second category, this is kind of my being smart with money category. So one of them is an AP2 Koha account. So this is for if there's a tangy that comes up, I will always have money in my Koha account to contribute. Mm. Because one thing I found was that um, if I was broke and a tangy came up, I would it was it's actually really bad but I would worry more about the fact that I didn't have money to give than if, about the actual tangy itself so I knew that I needed to plan for kuha I needed to always have money there so I do an AP to my kuha account an AP to my car account which is um, I worked out the average cost of running my vehicle over a year which is around five grand a year which is like a hundred dollars a week no one really understands how expensive it is to run a vehicle until you add up the calculations so a hundred dollars a week goes into my car account which is also where I get gas out of my wealth my rego car maintenance um and then I also have you know my fun account so if, if I want to go traveling you know there could be an, an AP to that account um an account for my holder so if you know the doctors comes up I like to split everything off because when I see money in my main account, I just want to spend it. So I have to put it into these specific accounts so that I can keep myself accountable. And then when I want to transfer it out of those accounts, like, oh, I can just surely but, uh, borrow 20 bucks from my car account. It makes me feel bad because I can see on my bank, I put the photo on it. So my car account has a picture of the car that I want. Nice. Um, and when I take money out of it, you know, that's not what, someone who drives this kind of vehicle would do would they they wouldn't be borrowing mm. money from it um and so it's it keeps me accountable so that's the first thing first your regular expenses that always come up second is paying to those accounts so some people call them sinking funds um it doesn't really matter what you call them and then the last bit is your saving also that's already kind of your savings but you're investing so how are you going to use the remainder of your income to increase your future income or build assets for you so if you don't have enough money for that last category of investing that is fine because that's actually really good that you're able to pay all your bills and you're able to do everything but this is the key that will get you to financial success you know being able to pay your bills every week is just enough to get by it's not enough to become you know financially successful so this last key bit it might be spending a hundred dollars on growing my business a week or it might be spending a hundred dollars in the stock market um it might be putting a hundred dollars away so i can buy a house you have to decide what is the best way to spend your money at the moment for the most amount of reward for you um and if you can't afford to do that based off your income 
that's when I would go back to the start and go, how can I boost my income? Um, and think very creatively about what are the key actionable tasks you can do to increase your income. Mm, love that. And you kind of talked on this. You said, you know, there are moments where you're like, oh, I'm going to take $20 out of my <laughs> car. But then you're like, no, who is the person? Like, what is the person who has this type of car? What does she do? What does she do for herself and stuff like that? Um, so I think that's really good getting into that mindset when you're trying to take away. But what would some other uh, tips you, you have around sticking to the budget when you want to take out from certain areas and go on a shopping spree and stuff like that? <laughs> I think the the best one to be able to stick to your budget is automation. So having an AP, you know, I don't manually transfer it to these accounts because that's dumb. Like, why would I want to take mm. money away from me? I want to, you know, and that's part of it. It's like accepting we are, you know, we're girls. We want to go and buy, like, we want to get our nails done. We want to go do all that fun stuff but we also have to understand that delayed gratification is the only way to being able to achieve that long term mm -hmm. I calculated one time because I like when I was in high school making 150 bucks a week at, at McDonald's um I would always have my lashes done my nails done like all of these things but I had not much money and mm -hmm. so the the thing is is if I'm able to spend five years working on building my business and growing like generational wealth after that I'll be able to get my nails done my lashes done whenever mm -hmm. I want and I'll be able to do that as frequently as I want and it won't be a problem but I won't be able to get there if I spend all my money on just fun things now there is a level of sacrifice you have to make to be able to get to success you can't it's not free if it were free mm -hmm. everyone would be successful um but you have to be able to work and put in and sacrifice and you know make those tough decisions about who you're hanging out with what influences are you having in your life all of those things um success financial success any kind of success it's not free you have to put something in absolutely and I am uh, mindful of time but I just want to ask one more question <laughs> you know since I had so many questions I want to ask you more and more but I know you have places to be as well but if you could teach money at school um, I talk about this all the time I wish we learned some sort of money advice and shit at school if there was a class for money mm -hmm. um, what would you teach what would the curriculum be oh that's a very very good question and I think the key point here is that they purposely don't teach us in school mm. because if they did, we would be rich and then we wouldn't, like, I've had this for Karo for a while. If all Māori and Pacifica, if we all relocated to, like, where our marae and stuff are, in the city, our McDonald's, our, like, picking up rubbish, all of these industries would be shut down because mm. we operate them. Like, um, Indigenous people predominantly, you know, operate those minimum wage jobs so the economy would fail in all of these areas and we would boost things in our um where our marae are in those indigenous kind of areas and also all our maori doctors our maori nurses our maori lawyers we would all be relocated home and therefore mm -hmm. those communities would be able to flourish but to answer your question um i would teach children how to really understand money and how it works in society and what the purpose of it is and I would probably use like a framework of Robert Kiyosaki's you know his first 
his first rule of rich dad poor dad is that rich people do not trade time for money and that's one of the biggest things the most influential things that I think that Rangatahi Māori or Pacifica could use that would really really benefit us because as Māori and Pacifica we think of things in a per hour thing we think okay 20 dollars per hour you know um $800 per week that's how much it gets but when you have an abundance mindset you think okay I could make $20 sale here if I hire someone else to do the sales for me I could sell you know x amount of product per week and I could be making $1,500 a week but only you know work here and there you know we got to think smarter because we have limited resources of limited time limited energy and we want to leverage that to make the most out of it so I would teach these children about how many system works works how the markets work and how they can use um, what they have leverage what they have to make more mm, love that I love that so much and I love that you, the, I love the mahi that you do today I know you have your podcast which I highly recommend for everyone listening to go and listen to that it's freaking incredible um, I know you have courses as well so you have Warrior Fitness course coming up in March um, yes. so tell us a little bit more about that and then tell us where people can find you um, and then I'll let you go sis <laughs> sorry oh. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I have a Warner Finance course, which is a four-week course. So we meet every Friday night for an hour and a half, and we go over everything that I teach. So we go over delayed gratification. How can you grow a wealth mindset? How can you level up your finance game? We go over budgeting, all the simple things. Um, but it's a very beginner-level course, very friendly. Our youngest person in the course last our, for our last cohort was 14 years old, and on the same day that she finished the course she went and set up her business she sent it to me and she says like look at my new business and stuff and I looked at it she's 14 and she started a whole business okay. she's teaching she loves poetry so now she's teaching people about poetry as a 14 year old like this is insane um but this course changes people's lives and I'm so excited to be relaunching in March again to have a new cohort of people who are changing their lives um but I, I guess everyone's probably sick of me so I'm talking too much now but if you want to have a look at my content check out Māori Millionaire at Māori Millionaire with an underscore I'm on every single social media platform I also have a website www.maorimillionaire.com and my podcast um, Māori Millionaire podcast um, but always happy to connect with new people um, so just reach out um, give me a follow or give me a message or anything like that it's been such a um, privilege to talk to you today I'm so grateful and for everyone listening in today it's a little been lovely chatting thank you so much for having me oh thank you sis like I said you're fucking so inspiring <laughs> um you're incredible you're amazing you're changing the game you're changing people's lives um and yeah honestly you give me goosebumps when you talk your talk and yeah it's honestly being so good I know you're gonna help so many women today on this podcast as well yeah. so thank you sis Thank you so much for having me. Aroha nui. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. That was a whole bunch of fire, if I do say so myself. <laughs> if you love that episode as much as I did, please go and rate and review us. This helps us so much with getting our episodes out there. I would also love if you come over to Instagram 
at so extra dot underscore underscore send me a dm tell me what you thought of this episode better yet take a screenshot and tag us oh my gosh that would mean the world to me i appreciate you so much and just a reminder our episodes come out every tuesday can't wait to talk to you then